Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, good to talk to you again, getting ready to uh, head to Vegas at the at the end of this week for the uh, the winter meetings. Yeah, Joe, and uh, <laughs> hopefully I don't lose too much money. Hopefully the Indians can uh, keep busy and I don't lose too much money. But yeah. Uh, so if the Indians are, if the Indians are wheeling and dealing, that means you're staying away from the tables, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's a good thing. Well, uh, one one trade that did go down at the end of last week, we haven't gotten around to, uh, to talking about it yet. Uh, Jan Gomes headed to the Washington Nationals uh, in exchange for uh, a couple of minor leaguers. Uh, really, it's a, a move to get rid of the seven million dollars he's owed this year, nine million next year, and I believe eleven million in twenty twenty. Uh, so, so the Indians looking to cut some payroll there. They send an all-star, uh, catcher and they're left with Roberto Perez and Eric Haas behind the plate. Uh, are the Indians in good hands in that regard? You know, I think, uh, it's open for debate, Joe. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm among, I'm among the, the minority. I think, uh, Perez will be fine. I, I think he is a guy, this is a guy that needs some at-bats and needs to play regularly like every other, uh, you know, player. I think he. You know, he's. I think he's established defensively. He's a good pitch framer. Handles the staff well. Throws well. Uh, the question is, uh, is he going to hit? And uh, obviously, he didn't hit last year. But it, it's hard to hit from the bench. Uh, I think the question is, uh, do they trust Eric Haas? You know, as a backup. Uh, you know, obviously. Uh, you know, he, he made his debut, big league debut last year. Um, he didn't play that much had, you know, has shown some power the last two years, 20 home runs each of the last two years in the minors. Um, I, I think he just caught one game. I saw him in parts mm-hmm. of games, but he had one start and, you know, I, I know his numbers were good throwing out runners at AAA, but uh, I can't remember who played, maybe Boston. They, they ran on him pretty well. So, you know, that's something to watch, but you can't judge a guy by, you know, a handful of games. Right. But I think uh, I would not be surprised if they, you know, there's a bunch of catchers on the on the on the market, and some guys that got non-tendered that are free agents. And I would I would think they'd bring a guy in, a veteran guy. And you know, Haas is even in spring training the last couple of years, he's he's shown some power and some pop. He's hit home runs and and looked yeah. really good. Uh, it, he he might be the future, uh, you know, beyond uh, Perez. But you know, maybe they maybe they do want to bring in a veteran there that might be. Uh, a good deal. Yeah, um, you read scouting reports, and you know some say you know that that Haas you know has enough offense that that he'll you know he'll 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 be the starting catcher by mid mid season. So uh, we'll wait and see. Well, I, I don't think right now this team is built to necessarily need an offensive contribution from the uh, the catching position. It just needs you know just just enough to get by uh, should should be good enough. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Uh, you know, there's there's other spots in the order that need to hit that are more important. Uh, let's talk a, a little bit about the uh, the reports that Carlos Carrasco, uh, I believe he was in town uh, earlier this week, uh, and you know was looking for for any sort of news out of that. But uh, Carrasco and the Indians working on the possibility of an extension. Uh, he's due 9.5 million in 2019, and I believe another 9.5 million. Uh, beyond that, but that uh, you know certainly based on his performance the last couple of seasons is uh, below market value for for what uh, Carlos Carrasco uh, 
gives you out there every season uh, when he, he takes the mound. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, you know, and I think if uh, the idea behind this extension is, you know, they, they, they kind of buy some time into rotation. Uh, they extend him maybe a year or two. Uh, you know, they already picked up his option, like you said, at the end of the past season. They've got one more club option. And I would, what, I mean, I would not be surprised if they added one or two more mm-hmm. if they get this extension done. And I think it is going to get done. I think, you know, either, you know, before before the winter meetings or probably maybe perhaps next week, I, I think there's some momentum building toward that. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, solid guy. I mean, when, as long as he can stay out of the way of a line drive back to the mound, I think uh, he'll be all right. This guy is like, he's a baseball magnet, man. He, and and he has a, a we we've documented and we've done so every time he almost gets hit in the head with one, uh, we we post something about it uh, in game. You know, I, I've got a, actually a file on my computer that that lists all the times that he's almost been hit or been hit by line drives. Uh, it 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 sounds weird to say, and it and every time Tito you know brushes it off in a post game or whatever, it's like oh, there's nothing you can do about that. That's part of it. This guy actually does attract those line drives. It, it, yeah. Uh, it's, and, and is it something you can change in your, your delivery or the way you finish or anything like that? I, I don't think I don't know. so. I, 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 he's probably – and he usually gets a glove up in time to protect himself. But, you know, from what we've seen of him, you know, it, it's uh, – you know, this guy's been in the organization, you know, with Gomes gone and, and uh, Cody Allen and Josh Tomlin. He's one of the longest tenured Indians now. Right. And he's right. really, you know, he's really the last four or five years has turned himself into, you know, a solid, a solid big league pitcher, above average, really right. starter. He can pitch in the pen. So he's a valuable guy. You know, long long way away from the guy who would uh, would throw at a batter the next time after uh, somebody hit a home run off of him early in his career. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a guy. He had that reputation early on. Kevin Euclidus. Yeah. Now nowadays, uh, you, you know, you talk to him and he he's just the the nicest, easiest going guy in the in the clubhouse. So, uh, you know, it'd be good to see uh, uh, Cookie stick around for a couple more years. That'd be. Uh, and I think if they do, yeah, I think if they do do that, he's off the trade market, you know. So, right. you know, so then they can, you know, focus on. Well, if they do that, they're they, going to move, you know. If they're going to move, if they're going to move Kluber, then Carrasco becomes the the number one guy. He becomes the top guy, right? Yeah, yeah, and then you know they kind of, you know, then uh, you know it goes Carrasco, Kluber, uh, Bieber, or you know, Clevenger, Bauer, Clevenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. and. Uh, and who you know, and then you get a fifth guy. Maybe you get a fifth guy back, or you know, does uh, Pluto go in there? I I don't know. You know, yeah. so uh, yeah, that's a that's a conversation for a whole other uh, podcast. Is you know what what the return in the Corey Kluber, the potential Corey Kluber trade is is going to be? Uh, let, let's mention here briefly the uh, the coaching changes. Like we said, there there've been a, a few. The Indians are looking for a pretty much a new staff down at AAA now. Uh, Jeff Tremme and Steve Carsey, the pitching coach, uh, are, are moving on to other organizations. And uh, uh, I, I believe there's a, a, an opening on the, the major league staff as well. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Tremme left. Uh, he's going to be the minor league coordinator uh, with the Reds. Um, uh, Steve Carsey, the AAA uh, pitching coach at, at Columbus, is, 
is the bullpen coach now in Milwaukee. That's a big, you know, upgrade for him. And uh, Mark Budzinski is, uh, you know, joined uh, Toronto's uh, coaching staff. Mark was like a coaching assistant with the Indians, did a lot of the pregame work, uh, pregame scouting reports, all the analytics stuff. And he is going to be the first base coach with the Blue Jays. And he'll be, you know, there's, there's, I think you can only, there's a certain number of coaches on a big league staff that get, you know, receive a pension. And he is a, he is a pension position now. He wasn't with the Indians. He was more like an assistant. Right. So that, that's a, that's a big jump for him. Right. In a couple of years he'll be vested and, you know, he'll be right. wherever he goes and, in the league. And Michael Sanchez, one of the trainers, you know, the athletic trainers uh, has left and he's going to uh, San Diego to be, the first assistant, uh, the athletic trainer. So, you know, everybody has a pecking order, so he, he's moving up as well. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess we talk about that uh, pecking order. That's a good way to dovetail into the uh, the next area we wanted to discuss. Uh, uh, and this was a topic of conversation that we, we had when uh, the Cleveland area baseball writers got together uh, last week uh, for our, our annual uh, end-of-the-season meeting. Uh, you know, Trevor Bauer was was on Major League Baseball Network, uh, made a couple of appearances, and has been tweeting up a storm uh, lately. Um, and in one of his tweets, uh, he mentioned in his appearance on Major League Baseball Network, he mentioned uh, his surplus value and why the Indians uh, shouldn't trade him this year, but uh, you know should should look to you know he he's he's talking about how he's only going to sign one year contracts and. Uh, his surplus value is 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 this and that, and in one of his tweets in an exchange with a fan, he he mentioned, "Oh, by the way, I was I was better than Kluber last year." Uh, what do you make of just this whole uh, situation with with Trevor and his off season has has really played out on social media? We've been able to follow it, and, and it's really just a, a giant window into his mind the the entire off season. It's. Uh... You know, Joe, I've covered a lot of ball players, and this this guy is unique. He is, uh, you know, he thinks, uh, you know, I I I like it because he thinks like a general manager. You know, he's very clinical. I don't think there's any uh, hostility behind his thoughts. I don't think there's, you know, I think he just very very uh, practical. You know, he 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 went on the hot stove. Uh, you know, MLB's hot stove, uh, MLB Network's hot stove program, and was talking about, you know, what you said, surplus value. And he, he was saying my I, his surplus value and Carlos Carrasco's surplus value are so high or so beneficial to the Indians this season that they probably shouldn't trade them. And the, But what he did, what he, what he implied was, well, if you're not, you know, you should trade Kluber. Right. Uh, because, you know, he was asked about the rumors – uh, you know, somebody was going to get traded. The Indians are tra- looking to trade one of their starters. And then, but I don't think it was like uh, where he, he, he doesn't like Kluber or was a, a shot at Kluber because the next year, the, the next sentence out of his mouth was, they should wait until, tri- till, you know, after the ni- uh, 2019 season and then trade me because my, uh, my, sur- uh, my surplus value isn't going to be yeah, that great. I'm going to be making close to 20 million in, through arbitration, and uh, that's when they should trade me. So, the very uh, you know, uh, clinical mind, very uh, you know, very uh, practical. And uh, <laughs> so, but, but but is that practical in 
in a, in a real world clubhouse environment where, you know, he, he, he's very self-actualized. He sees all of this and he knows all of this, but does that play well in a room with 24 other guys who you have to get along with? Yeah. I, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a, that's a tough, uh, you know, I think that's, that's a kind of a tough road to walk, you know, and he's cho- he's chosen to do that. He could, he could simply say, you know, he could simply keep his mouth shut, but you know, he, he likes to uh, voice his opinion and, uh, and I, I don't know how that plays in, in a big league clubhouse. I, I, I've got an idea. I don't think it plays well. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if a guy keeps winning, if he keeps pitching like, you know, Bauer, I mean, you, you put up with it. But uh, I've seen it happen before. If that, if that performance drops off, then uh, – and, and you keep – and your personality stays the same, uh, then you, you're usually uh, you're, you're usually move packing your bags and, and moving on to another team. All right. Well, uh, also wanted to mention uh, if we're following uh, players along on social media, uh, Francisco Lindor, uh, very famously, also been following on Major League Baseball Network as he uh, has been going. I believe last year he went to Japan. Uh, this year with New Balance, uh, his his shoe contract. This year, uh, he he headed over to London. Uh, there's a photo of him dressed up in uh, in cricket gear, all the all the pads and the the helmet and all that. Uh, and then he also made it over to Liverpool, uh, the soccer club over there in Liverpool, and uh, hung out with some players and and went on the field and and, and enjoyed a game there. Uh, just you know, I, I guess you know back in the day. In the off season, players go go do whatever they want. You know, a long time ago, they go you know work an extra job or something like that. But you know, back in the day, they you wouldn't hear about what the players did in the off season. It wouldn't be like a big deal or anything like that. But you know, Lindor looks like he's like just having the time of his life. And you, know, you got Carrasco going out on African safari and sending these amazing videos and pictures back. You've got Lindor, you know, meeting all these, you know, meeting the Queen, I guess, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but. Uh, but you know what do you make changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace? Maybe oh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it it would be great to see Lindor wearing one of those uh, beefeater hats with a big old smile on his face because they're not supposed to smile. Oh man! But yeah, I mean he is. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting because last year what he, he was doing judo in Japan or something. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. he were just saying hey don't don't get hurt whatever happens. <laughs> but right. uh, well, wasn't there a, there was a video of him getting flipped over yeah. like the, the martial arts instructor was doing like a, a side flip or something like that and everybody's looking at it going oh geez there goes a shoulder there goes a hip or something like that. right yeah. that's crazy. But yeah. uh, you know I think it's it's all connected with the uh, New Balance. He's kind of the, the spokesman for the the you know the baseball. A portion of that, uh, the athletic gear there, and uh, he's he's doing some promotional work, and he's he seems to be enjoying it at the same time, seeing the world. Yeah, and the downside for Cleveland in that is, you know, is, if, if he's got this sponsorship deal with uh, New Balance, and that pays him enough to 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 live comfortably and and not have to worry about making uh, the 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 league minimum, or you know, as he's approaching arbitration, he's he's expected to get in in the Ten and a half million range in his first year of uh, arbitration, but you know the the New Balance money is what's keeping him from you know from forcing his hand to have to sign some sort of uh, contract extension to buy out his first couple of years of free agency. 
Yeah, his uh, his days of uh, minimum salary are over. <laughs> they're going to end. They're going to end so in January, or they're going to end it in here in a hearing in February, one or the other. And things so, are going to escalate quickly after yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting, Joe, because uh, you know we were we were talking earlier in the week. Uh, you know, Manny Machado is uh, you know free agent, shortstop, going to. Um, well, headed into the winter meetings, unsigned him and Bryce Harper. Harper, and they're, you know the talk is they're both ten years, three hundred million dollar contracts, whatever. And that's that's the that's the low point, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Machado pl- signs for because you know he's a shortstop. Lindor's going to be a free agent in three years. You know, I think uh, you know this was one of the reasons he turned down the Indians. Uh, you know, uh, extension offer of about reportedly about a hundred million in 2017. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think what Machado signs for is going to, you know, really uh, kind of set a footprint for uh, what uh, what Lindor can, you know, w- could uh, you know could get when he hits the free agent market. Um, it, you know, if he keeps on this, uh, you know, this uh, production path, this right. path of production here. Well, this path of production led him, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, the baseball writers uh, in, from Cleveland uh, got together last week and selected Lindor, their man of the year. Uh, I believe, uh, was it you that nominated him, uh, Paul? I, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I nominated him. And uh, we voted on um, uh, selecting Lindor as man of the year. Uh, Cody Allen got the, uh, the good guy award, which is uh, sort of the guy who's uh, – you know, approachable uh, by the media always uh, takes the time to, to talk to the guys uh, after the game. Um, you know, what do you make of the, the results of the awards? You've got a, you had a, a Cy Young finalist and an MVP finalist on the team. And yet it was Lindor who's the one who was chosen man of the year. Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a, a good vote. We had a lot of candidates for that, for, for both awards. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, so I think Lindor, to me, the reason I nominated him was uh, I thought he played, uh, you know, from wire to wire. He was solid. I know he kind of tailed off a little bit in September. I thought he was one of the few uh, hitters that showed up in the postseason um, against, uh, you know, that great uh, Houston staff. Uh, and I, I just I liked the way he played on both sides of the ball, you know, defensively, offensively. And I really liked uh, – how he set that offense up from the leadoff spot. I think that was, he was the kind of the ignition switch and that's what leadoff hitters are supposed to do. And uh, he's, but he's, you know, such a kind of different kind of leadoff hitter. This is a guy that hits 38 home runs. He scores a hundred and you know, traditionally he scores 127 runs ties, you know, for most in the big leagues. And, and then he came close to 30, 30. You know, Jose Ramirez was definitely, you know, a candidate, uh, you know, but, you know, as we all know, he kind of tailed off at the end of the year there and that hurt him. And I think, I think one of the, uh, the most uh, interesting things that come out of the voting for those two awards was that uh, Trevor Bauer was nominated for both, uh, both for man of the year and for the good guy award, which you wouldn't think Trevor Bauer, uh, you know, sometimes has a, has sort of a, this caustic relationship with the, with the media or whatever, but, but the point was made that that Bauer was always there and always, well, you know, spoke always after his starts was you know sort of 
present in the the interviews and and would always give really good answers about his teammates as well. Like if you asked him about his performance, he'd he'd tell you what was on his mind. But if you asked him about his teammates, he would talk and and say you know glowing things about his 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 teammates and you know that that sort of led to him being nominated for for that award as well. Yeah, he's an engaging guy. He's an interesting guy. You know, when all the uh, you know the national guys, the national reporters come into town, he's he's one of the first guys they talk to because you know he's got opinions. He he thinks outside the box, and he's a, he's a fun guy to talk to. So um, you know, I think and he's you know I think that's why people you know and and you're right. He he was really you know he's really a complimentary to his teammates. He, you know he gets it. He's a team guy, and he says the right things. Uh, speaking of another guy, another former Indian who was uh, was maybe a fun interview, I guess, back in the day. Uh, uh, Albert Bell, among the candidates on Sunday uh, to be announced, uh, possibly uh, by the the Hall of Fame's, uh, I believe, uh, was it Modern Baseball or today's yeah, today's, game? today's game era? Today's game era. Uh, he is one of ten candidates, uh, you know, finalists for. Uh, possible induction into the Hall of Fame. Uh, that that announcement could come on Sunday. Uh, a couple other Indians are on the list. Uh, former, I believe, Charlie Manuel uh, is is on. Yeah, there's well. there's a lot of guys with Cleveland connections on that list. Joe, you know, Joe Carter, Oral Hershiser, uh, Harold Baines, kind of all played. You know, a little even Lou Pinella is on there, and he you know came up with the Indians, played a little bit with them, but he's on there as a manager. Uh, Charlie Manuel, like you mentioned. Uh, Charlie Manuel, and uh, I think George Steinbrenner, who, you know, obviously was born in Cleveland. Cleveland the Yankees yeah. owner. So, you know, uh, there's, I think it's a 16-man panel that'll vote. Uh, the vote should be released uh, Sunday. Uh, you know, usually you've got to get 75% of the vote, like the Hall of Fame, like, you know, the BBWA on the BBWA ballot. But uh, these things are usually, you know, a little – there's a little tougher to get elected, you know, because they've gone, most of these guys have been on the ballot, the, the players at least, and they pass through the ballot without getting 75% of the writers' votes. But, you know, last year, uh, you know, in a different, uh, a different version of the uh, Veterans Committee, they elected uh, Morris and Trammell, and, you know, I thought those guys were two very, very deserving guys that should have you know, the, the writers should have voted in. So, uh, you know, there's always a chance. And you look at Albert's uh, career, I think Albert probably out of all the players probably has the best chance. If you look at his numbers, he had that, you know, that five, six, seven, eight, you know, years of peak performance that, that mm-hmm. you look for. You know, he, I think his hip injuries cut his career short. If he had played three more years, I don't think – I think he would have been, you know – He'd already be in the Hall of Fame. Well, you go back to that 95 season and the, the production that he, he gave the Indians, uh, you know, I, I don't think – I still think uh, Albert Bell not winning the MVP award in, in that season was just a ridiculous travesty. But It know. was. I mean, it, it was. And uh, uh, who got the first baseman Mo- from Mobile? Mo- yeah, Mo- and, uh, 50-50. I mean, all Albert had to do was – was was get along with, was, <laughs> was smile and get along and answer some questions and he would have won that hand down. But Albert, Albert was a tough guy to figure out. I I covered him a lot. I covered his whole career in Cleveland, and uh, we had our ups and downs. And he uh, he was 
I, by far, he was the most difficult player I've ever covered. All right, All right Hoinsey. You know, Albert Bell, let's say Albert Bell gets elected by the Today's Game Committee on Sunday. He's going to the Hall of Fame. You, you got to think he'd, be, he'd come to Cleveland for some sort of recognition. <laughs> at, you you got to think he would show up for Albert Bell Hall of Fame Day. Wouldn't, wouldn't it? Uh, they, they'd have to. He'd have to show up. They, I don't know. They retire you know, number eight. They got to retire number eight, then, don't they? Yeah, they, I mean that's what you know. That's the uh, prerequisite to get your number retired to get uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. But, but he's this is. I mean, I th- you know I've seen Albert. I've talked to Albert since he retired, and he's he's a different guy. I mean, I think he's different. I mean, he's I think that that competitive fire that drove him uh, is is kind of banked a little bit and. Uh, but you know he didn't come to Cleveland for uh, for it to be inducted into the Indians, the Hall, Indians of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah, he wasn't here. So, and, but he's an interesting guy. So, but you know, I I'm kind of pulling for him, but we'll see. I think it's, you know, he's got. I think his numbers are there, but so is his reputation. Yeah, you know, that kind of. We'll I'm, see how that goes. I'm definitely pulling for him just for the fact <laughs> that let let's say he gets elected. Let's say the Indians have an Albert Bell Hall of Fame day. And he shows up, plot twist, he looks up in the right field corner as they're revealing the number, and what's on the shipping container wall behind the, uh, behind the number where they hang is, is number eight. It's the advertisement for Movon uh, Trucking. <laughs> uh, that would be the there. best. That would uh, be the that would, you know, <laughs> And everything snowballs and cycles all over again. Oh, but so, uh, he was – I thought he – you know, he was he – was, he was probably the most intimidating hitter in, in the American oh. league during his, his time in Cleveland. You know, he, he scared, he scared reporters. He scared the, the other pitchers and he scared his own teammates, you know? So he, he had that, uh, you know, he had that persona. <laughs> and then sometimes Joe, you would talk to him and he could, he could talk the birds out of a tree. He was, he was that, you know, he was that he's a smart guy. He was that yeah. interesting, that compelling, but, and other times you didn't want to go near him. Well, and it's the same, it's sort of like the same thing with Bauer. Once you get him talking about baseball, once you got Albert Bell talking about hitting, yeah. he was he was a professor. Once you get you know Bauer talking about pitching, he's he, he, the mind. It's like it's like Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind. It's amazing that he sees things differently. It's really right. weird. Yeah. Um, uh, Hall of Fame ballots. The uh, the general Hall of Fame uh, ballot for the baseball writers. Uh, you said are due on December 31st. Yes. Um, so a lot of those we've seen some trickling in. Uh, I've seen some posted on Twitter. Uh, a lot of them that don't have Omar Vizquel's box checked, which kind of makes me a little nervous, a little worrisome. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that Omar gets enough votes at least to stay on the ballot for another year. Well, I think he will. He got what? 37% last yeah, so year. So that'd be, that'd be tough to go from 37 to less than 5%. So yeah. I think, he, I think he's, I think he's well positioned, Joe. I think, I just think it's going to take a while. Yeah. You know, you can only stand the ballot for 10 years. Now 10 years. And yeah. cut it from 15 to 10. So it might, it might take all of that for Omar. Well, and you know, being up against that 10 year deadline might be the impetus to get some guys to vote for him as well. So, and then I think the ballot is going to clear up a little bit, you know, you know, the steroid guys, Clemens and, and, and Bonds and, you know, 
those guys are getting and Manny. Well, not Manny, but you know Clemens and Bonds. I think are this will be their seventh season they've been on. So, mm-hmm. so they're getting closer. There's going to be a, there's got to be a decision one way or the other with these guys. All right. You know, so maybe they'll just I don't know. They're both around fifty fifty five percent. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, well, we're gonna head towards wrapping it up here, uh, Paul. You'll be in. Uh, Vegas beginning Sunday, so we'll get regular reports from you about uh, everything that's going on there, uh, including the the Indians sort of being the bells of the ball there at uh, at, at, at Vegas. Uh, you know, I, I with with Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, uh, any yeah. starting pitchers being on the on the training block. Uh, you know, the conversations are going to begin and end with uh, with Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. Yeah, I think especially Joe with uh, Patrick Corbin signing. You know, with Washington a couple of days ago, I mean, now the teams that didn't get him, the Yankees, the Phillies, they're probably going to, I think, would uh, gravitate toward the Indians a little bit more. All right. Well, we'll look forward to uh, uh, following your reports from from Las Vegas. Uh, you know, uh, have a good, safe flight and uh, stay away from the tables once you get there. All right, buddy.